this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. As we're going through the summer series, I've been struck over and over again these past few weeks by a question. And the question is one that little children often pose. One of the first questions they ever ask, and the question is, why? And I'm sure you, as a parent or as an adult working with children, have tried to respond to their question with a proper answer, only to have the child respond again and say, why? And after doing this several times, you might even move to the point of exasperation and say, well, because I say so. That doesn't really give them a definitive answer, but it stops the conversation for a while. I've discovered that even as adults, we often ask this question, why? There are times when life is really difficult, when sometimes life doesn't even make sense, and we wonder, why is this happening to me? Sometimes we even wonder, where is God in the midst of all of this? And so as you and I struggle through life, the scriptures give us some interesting perspectives on how to deal with issues when life doesn't seem to be fair to each one of us. One of the most helpful psalms to deal with this is Psalm 13. There's only six verses, and it's broken down into three basic parts. So what I'd like to do today is to give you just a breakdown of these three parts to help you and to help me when we have to deal with these why questions, such as, why is this happening to me? How long is this going to last? Where is God in the midst of my life? Or has God even forgotten all about me? The first two verses begin with these words. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? These two verses help us to ask the very first question about why. So when you have those why questions, the first thing is, is to bring it to God. Tell him what you are concerned about. The psalmist said, God, have you forgotten me? Have you hidden yourself from me? How long will I have all this sadness or sorrow in my heart? But then the second thing he does is that he makes a request of God. And so verses 3 and 4 simply state this. Look on me and answer me, O Lord my God. Give me insight or I might as well be dead. So he doesn't understand what he is going through, and he's saying to God, this is what I want from you. I want you to acknowledge who I am. I would like to have some answers to the questions, because if I don't have insight, what's the point in going on? But then there is the final part. And the final part, the psalmist says this, but I trust 
in your unfailing love. And I will sing to the Lord because he has been good to me. In this statement, it's like opening the window a little bit and letting the light in. It's a statement of trust. And even though he has all of these questions and he wonders, where is God? He comes with this statement, but I will choose to trust in your unfailing love and I will sing to you because you have been good to me. That sounds all very good, but does it actually work out in life? So I have chosen one of the Old Testament prophets who had a horrendous life, who actually went through all of this lament in his life. It's the story of Jeremiah, also known as the Weeping Prophet. Imagine that being your nickname, someone who is seemingly crying most of the time. In his very early life, we read that God called him and set him apart to be a prophet. And so this is what the Lord said. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. So from the very moment of his conception, in that sense, God's hand was on the prophet Jeremiah. Now, when Jeremiah hears this as a young man, his first thought is, well, I can't do that. In fact, he even says to God, I don't even know how to speak. But God gives him a promise, and the promise is, but Jeremiah, I am with you. So Jeremiah begins his ministry task that God has given to him. He's really committed to God. And like many people, when they get started out in a new project or a new venture in life, they're full of energy. They're full of optimism. This is going to be so wonderful. And he loses himself in his mission and purpose of life. Well, he's off to a good start. But sadly for him, things don't work out as he had actually anticipated. Because people don't respond in a manner that he thought was appropriate. They resist everything that he says. In fact, he is so discouraged, he goes back to God, and God says to him, I want you to use a visual demonstration to the people. And you are to take a jar and smash it. And here's what we read. Break the jar with those who are with you, watching, and say to them, This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will smash this nation and this city just as this potter's jar is smashed and cannot be repaired. The nation had fallen away from God, and part of the prophet's mandate was to call the people back to God, and he anticipated they would come with repentant hearts. That was the mission he had been given as a prophet. But the people are really upset. They are not repentant. In fact, they are resentful of everything that he is saying to them. So what do they do? Well, they beat him up. They put him in stocks. 
They throw rotten vegetables at him. They shame him in whatever way they can. So you might say that for Jeremiah, things are not going well. It's one thing when your life or even your ministry is not going as you had planned and people are not responsive to what you are doing. But it's something else when they start to lock you up and they beat you and they mock you. But God had given a promise to Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, things are going to be tough. People are going to resist you, but you will be like a fortified city. But remember this, I am with you. Well, Jeremiah remembered that promise, but he's asking this question, where is God in this moment? He doesn't sense the presence of God. If anything, he feels abandoned. Sometimes it's like that for each one of us in those tough days. We might start out strong in life, but maybe we're not seeing the results that we had anticipated. Some people think that being a follower of Jesus means everything is going to be wonderful and there will never be any difficulties or problems that we are going to encounter. But if you look at the history of the Christian church, you will discover that that is just simply not true. And if we look at our own lives, we will see that we struggle with difficulties and problems like everyone else. So the question is, what keeps us going when life becomes so difficult? Why don't we just quit, give up? Well, Jeremiah is quite discouraged, but he does something that I believe all of us need to learn to actually do. And that is, we need to be honest with God about how we actually are experiencing life and what we are feeling in our own heart. So in spite of being discouraged, in spite of all the questions that he has, he is still ready to follow God. So for all of us who maybe are feeling discouraged today or even frustrated or wondering, God, where are you? Here are some insights. The first one is this. He stayed the course. He didn't quit. He was frustrated. He was disillusioned. He was angry. But he didn't put on that happy face and pretend that everything was okay. And he didn't quit. So what I want to suggest is that we learn to do what he did. And that is, he let it out. And so what does he do? If you look at the 20th chapter of this prophecy of Jeremiah, you will find several things that he does. The first thing that he does is this. He accuses God of actually tricking him. Have you ever thought of speaking that directly to God? Listen to what he says. Oh God, you deceived me. You overpowered me and prevailed. I'm ridiculed all day long and everyone mocks me. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and destruction. God, what's going on? I was called to be a prophet. No one's responding. I'm mocked. I'm ridiculed. God, did you trick me into doing this? 
It's not how I planned it would turn out. And so he says, I'm not going to talk about God anymore. He's so angry and upset. But then he says this, but if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot do it. So he's saying to God, even if I don't want to speak about you, is your word is so powerful and your presence is so powerful. It's like a fire that's burning within me and I can't hold it in. I have to share it. But sometimes life does not seem fair. And this is a prayer that Jeremiah expressed. First of all, he tells God directly. He tells God, you deceived me. He tells God that people mock me, and all I get is insult and reproach from people. But here's the bottom line. My life and my ministry does not make sense. In fact, he is so upset with God over what has actually taken place, he goes on to say, I wish I had never been born. In fact, he says, Cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. He doesn't even want to celebrate his own birthday. There are many times in the midst of his ranting and raving, in the midst of his lamenting, that he does something that surprises many people. There he is, lamenting to God, saying all of these things. But in the midst of it, he starts to sing praises to God. And so he says, sing praise to God. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hand of the wicked. He's starting to praise God. So what's with that? You see, he remembers God's promise to be with him. He doesn't focus solely on his circumstances that are surrounding him. He lifts his eyes higher and he reminds himself that God is with him. And that becomes the focus of his praise. Over the years, there have been so many followers of Jesus who have stood fast and firm during the really hard times of life. And even if life was so difficult that some could hardly stand it, they chose not to quit. We need to understand that patience and long-suffering are part of God's will in this world and part of the way he is shaping and forming us as people. But you know, it's one thing to stay faithful in the hard places, but it's something else to maintain a sweet spirit in the midst of that. It's very easy to complain. It's very easy to become bitter. It's very easy to let your heart become hardened. And that's why, as I mentioned earlier, Jeremiah became known as the weeping prophet. His heart was broken for the people. 
And so he wrote another book called The Laments or Lamentations. And as he looks back and reflects on his life, he writes these words. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. You see, in the midst of it all, Jeremiah's heart is still sensitive to God. He still sees beauty and grace all around him. His ministry was approximately 40 years it would be easy for him to become bitter and disillusioned. He did struggle with pain. He did struggle with all of the rejection that he experienced. But he also focused on the faithfulness and the compassion of Almighty God. Today, some of you might be in those hard places in life when you think, why is this happening to me? Or why is that happening now? Or how long am I going to be in this situation before things actually change? Your life might be challenging in ways that no one else can understand. Maybe you are struggling in situations where there are relationships that have been fractured. Maybe you are struggling over issues that you have been facing for years even in your places of work. Maybe you are facing incredible losses in your own life. Many of you know that in our own family, we experienced a tragic loss in the death of our daughter-in-law a few weeks ago. In the midst of the pain and sadness, and not understanding all the whys, we have to focus, and we are choosing to focus, on God's faithfulness in the midst of this journey, as painful and as difficult as it is. I believe God has a reason for allowing the various realities to happen in our life. And though I don't understand it all now, I believe that one day God will make all things clear to each one of us. But I do know that he is using circumstances in life to shape us into the people he desires us to be from the moment he first thought of us. But in the midst of all of this, I want to remember these words that Jesus spoke to Jeremiah. I will be with you. So if you're in that place today, realize this, you are not the first person to be in that reality. Remember the words of Jesus as he was hanging on the cross and he took the sin of humanity upon himself and he cried out these words, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was the reality that he had to experience in that moment of time. So I encourage you today, stay strong, pray your messy prayers, tell God, what you are experiencing. Ask him for what you need. Share your grief and your sadness, but don't bail. Stay the course. And remember this, that one day, one day, you will meet the one 
who had the hardest assignment of all. And he will reach out and take in his nail-scarred hand, your hand, and he will bring you home. And it will be worth it all. Let's pray together. God, our Father, we pray this day for those who might be doubting your love or your presence, for those who even find it difficult to believe or even to pray, and even for those who have lost a faith they once possessed, or for those who are feeling alone or abandoned and wonder where you are. Today, would you remind us of your presence and the promise that you will never abandon us. And may your spirit enlighten our minds and lead us from doubt to trust as you reveal yourself to each one of us. And may the reality that Jeremiah experienced also sink deep into our own heart and life so that we may live by your truth. We might live in your love and that we might live to honor you in all that we do. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you always and grant you his peace and the assurance of his presence this day and always. Amen. Hi again, this is Leah. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.